electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Future's pretty steady, but we got a bunch of movers, especially in consumer, as Foot Locker and Peloton get crushed on results. Meantime, in Europe, PMIs, a 33-month low, dollar getting a bounce, even with the 10-year back to four and a quarter. Our roadmap begins with a retail reckoning. Foot Locker is the latest to cite consumer softness, slashing their guidance, and Nike notching the longest losing streak since the IPO. Shares of NVIDIA, well, they've hit record after record of late uh, and are potentially higher ahead of the open. Investors, of course, will be closely watching those quarterly results. They will be delivered after the bell. And how about some concern about housing? Mortgage oh, demand is geez. dropping to its lowest level in 28 years. Toll Brothers, though, out with earnings and points to a supply-demand imbalance in the market. Let's begin with Foot Locker, though, extending the retail route we've seen the last couple of days. Quarterly revenue miss, slashing their guidance, suspending the dividends. CEO Mary Dillon says the company saw a softening of trends in July, uh, Jim. And we mentioned Nike and this losing streak we've seen the last nine days. Right, and so, look, Mary's got a, she turned around Ulta. It took, a, took her a couple of quarters to get it righted. Uh, you could argue she could turn around Foot Locker. I would point out, and I think this is important, they do have uh, 180 mil in cash, they have 600 million credit line, and they will have to use it. Uh, I've known her for a long time, and she's got great strength of character, which is what's going to be needed. Because David, frankly, when you have minus nine same store, and August continues, and you got a lot of stores you got to close, and you have a lot of inventory. I mean, a huge amount, you know, almost two billion. You have to discount the heck out of it. Uh, I believe Mary, and so far it's uh, been a mistake. Uh, but she's got uh, a track record of being able to turn around. It's just the clock may be ticking here. Yeah. Um, as you point out, comp store sales down 9.4%, gross margin down 460 basis points compared with the prior year period. As Jim yeah. just said, of course, that probably means you got to get rid of a lot of inventory. Trying to clean More than a billion to a dollars. Extent. Uh, and by the way, we're talking about a market cap now that may actually fall below $2 billion. I mean, it's a small company. Jim, you said it's been a mistake. You know, you're getting a lot of heat. It always happens to you I because don't care. you've been positive on the stock. I've made a mistake. I mean, that's what happens. Is there, do you, what do you do here, though? When you're down, when you're looking, you know, obviously, all right, right. you made a mistake. It happens. We always talk about the fact that, hey, you get some right, you get well, a lot look, right, for you me, get some I got wrong. a travel trust. I mean, you know, at the end of the year, if this stock's still there, I'll take the loss. Uh, it's been horrendous. I bought stock when she bought stock. She came on mad money. She traced out a plan. Uh, the plan has so far not worked. Uh, I banked on her because she had been successful at her previous place. That's a very good learning lesson for members of the club, that just because someone's done very well at a previous place, if, if the situation is, is too difficult, and Foot Locker is a very, very difficult situation because now you're dealing with, with younger people who are stretched. You've got problems with student loans. You've got a, a demographic of, of people who just frankly don't have the money that they had before. The shoes have gone up. So my take is, is that, I mean, the two takes here, 
uh, she is very optimistic, but she has gotten it wrong. And I believed in her optimism, and I got it wrong. And I think that it's incumbent upon our guests who come on our show to be a little like I do and show humility at the same time. It's not incumbent on our guests to make mistakes. Yep. I got this wrong. Uh, and when you do get things wrong, you own it. You try to figure out what to do. You listen to the conference call. You speak to the principals, and you come back and you say, she doesn't have the horses, which is how I feel right now. She doesn't have the horses. No. Um, you know, Carl, also worth noting, of course, they saw softening trends in July, and they're adjusting their outlook in the rest of the year to allow the, to the best compete for price-sensitive consumers. But this comes after Dick's yesterday um, and Macy's. Raising some concern about where we stand in terms of the uh, of the consumers, and they, by the way, they also do note shrink, which of course includes damaged goods, but uh, often these days is much more focused on theft. Yeah, in this case, we don't really have a really good breakdown. Right. Uh, but are we? Are we? Should we? And are we starting to see some signs of consumer weakness? Uh, yes. In in this case, it's absolutely absolutely true. But remember, it's a younger demo. It's a, a youthful demo that does not have uh, student loans. And it's also people, frankly, they, they, don't, they have a uh, lower income skew. They skew lower income, which is very bad. Williams-Sonoma skews upper income just now, and they delivered a number that is impressive, uh, not necessarily for comp store sales, but definitely for uh, when I look at the, uh, the operating margin, not bad. And when I look at the estimate, it's 312 versus 280. That's, that's good. Uh, revenues were weaker. It's case by case. Obviously, Abercrombie & Fitch, Carl, uh, this is a game of short and long, and people were short all these, and it turned out that that was a big mistake to short. They got it right. So um, uh, L- uh, Laura Albert at Williams-Sonoma seems got it right. Abercrombie's got it right, and Mary Dillon at Foot Locker's got it wrong. Now, she will do a very staunch defense, and she's quite confident. Uh, but you know what, Carl? Uh, my parents are in retail. My grandparents are in retail. And uh, when you have minus nine and that continues in the next month, you're going to need your credit line, and you're going to need to clear up that inventory, and it's just a very difficult balancing act. Yeah, inventory's up 11 year on year. Uh, Mary sees sales down eight to nine, prior down six and a half to eight. Jim mentions A and F, where a dollar sixteen or dollar ten crushes a sixteen crushes. cent estimate. Well, they got it right, oh, and they've my. got. Oh, well, they've, they've been wrong. They got it right. You know, it's yeah. a, it, there. That's fashion, right? I mean, Foot Locker, I don't know why it's not a 10. It could easily be a 10 when they suspend the dividend. Abercrombie is obviously, when it was in the 20s, they had wrong management that didn't know what it's doing. They've cleaned out the bad inventory, and they've got uh, a, a demographic here that's a little bit more middle income to high income. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, you have to be off mall. Mary's got 50% off mall now. It's much more than she had before. She's closed more than 100 stores this quarter, but not enough. Uh, and frankly, when I look at uh, th- that balance sheet, I know that when you know the credit line is going to come into play, well, then you're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, it's always interesting when companies sort of cite their avail- the availability of capital that they have. I think Peloton did that as well. That's problematic. Uh, in, their, problematic. Uh, in, their, in their quarter, you know, when they just tell you how much cash they have on hand and, what it's, and their access to their revolver. Well, that is stuff you want to have to see. In no, that's print, the that's the KOD, weird. Dave. That's KOD, which stands for kiss of death. KOD, <laughs> kiss of death. Um, yeah, where is? The, I'm just looking through the various things I've the highlighted. I mean, been around. There it is. Yeah, ended the quarter at Peloton with 813 
let's call it 814 million unrestricted cash, and then they also say, hey, we have access to a $400 million revolving credit facility, and we haven't drawn any of it. Well, that was a Joe-like quarter. They also had a recall, which really hurt them. And then they said free free cash flow will not be as good and... Well, won't be be positive for the next two quarters. Well, I guess, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Peloton Uh, once had a 50-plus billion dollar market value. It's now going to fall below $2 billion today. Right. Um, you can well, take yeah. Take a look. Go. Let's let's climb the Peloton Mountain uh, and uh, and what look like we did with Zoom yesterday. What do you let's like go doing back. some like Mount Marcy thing? Yeah, look at that. The, 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 remember that guy Foley? He was uh, levering oh, up. My, he was Foley feeling it. He was going to consider running for mayor. Yeah. He was president. 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 Oh, I, I thought it was just mayor of New York. Oh, yeah. I think he was think, considering well, mayor of New York for a while before that. maybe that was on his way. Can I just say he's a jovial fella? Uh, he was going um, to replace the gym experience is yeah. what he was planning yeah. on. But you've, yeah. you've been a fan, back to, you mean a fan of Mary Dillon, you've been a fan of McCarthy's. And, I have and, been, okay, you know, so I'm 0 for 2 Tough so hand. Well, no, tough hand. Cost well, structure, he inherited from Foley very high. Uh, right. You are potentially 0 for 2. Yeah, that's true. Well, look, I think, and this is what I'm going to explain to my, the learning lesson to the club. It's, look, and it's not a, it's not a learning lesson that makes me a good light, but that's okay. This is about learning. Uh, I believed in Joe Papa at Bausch, Bausch Health. That was wrong. I believe because he had made me so much at Pergo. I believed in Mary Dillon because she was huge success at Ulta. And uh, McCarthy did a fantastic job at Netflix and at Spotify. So I look at the at the I think the great man or great woman theory, great person theory. It, I have to reimagine. Obviously, it's it's, a, it's one that hasn't worked for me in the club. And it, it's learning lessons cost my trust a lot of money. But if I don't own it. Look, let's say I'm like most people on air. I'm so early on these. You just wait. I'm not giving you I'm so early. I'm saying I'm dead wrong. It's my fault. I didn't do a good job. I made a mistake estimating people. I had a phone call with my wife last night because it's obviously very jarring. When you bring Lisa in, don't yeah. worry, I have something jarring later for you. Um, when you, you bring your wife in and you say, listen, I want to speak to the CEO. What do you do? She says, be kind. Own the mistake. Don't blame it on her. Blame it on yourself. You know, it's not uh, it's not the stars, Brutus, you know? Ain't too broody. When, when it comes to understood right. and, and uh, well, you appreciate like that. it. That's called humility. It is. And, and I, I got it in I, spades. I do appreciate that. And hearts and diamonds. Um, and I'm clubbing. When it comes to the fundamental outlook for Peloton. Well, that's different. Uh, I am curious. Is there an opportunity here? I mean, again, you I'm see curious. what happens since McCarthy over. Is there, or is this thing... Kind of reminds it's, me a little bit. I don't, and I think ahead, it's a bit unfair is. of GoPro. Remember GoPro? Yes, and I told sort people to short GoPro. And it, when it I was just, in Hawaii, and by the I way, saw it still has some riding. relevance to a certain it population. It's just a very small population. It's small, but I remember GoPro. I, it was at 100. I was in Hawaii, and I watched video of a goat on a on a surfboard. Yeah. With a GoPro, and I said, "That's it." $100. Get the hell out. Remember, good call. It was a good call. It was a good, was call. A good call. I, that, I put that in because I've just now revealed some really horrendous calls, and I feel like I should be a little more balanced. Let's go. GoPro's got a $600 million market value. Did you ever think Nike would be at 97 No. I don't know, actually. I had no thought about well, it. Well, you got a guy from ServiceNow on eBay running the joint. John right? Donahoe has uh, been the CEO Maybe that's for not a good pedigree. Are you, worried about, basketball. are you worried about Nike? Well, Nike's got U.S. weakness, as we know, because Foot Locker's a real nine uh, straight, outlet. Nine straight down days. By well, the way, Mike Santoli, China. big Yankee fan, points out they've also, for, since the first time since 1981, have, not, have had nine straight losses. 
So since 1980 for what? Nike, since 1981 for the Yankees. <clears throat> I'd never really related those two, no. but I think so, that's so totally go the fine. Yankees and Nike apparently. Well, that's good because Nvidia is Atlanta Braves. It's never been this, this good. This, you know, no. they're on target to win more games than ever. But I didn't want to get to Nvidia until later. Do you have any thoughts on Nike? Have any thoughts on Nike? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I wear Saucony now. I used to wear Nike. You know what you want to own? You want to own On, which has a market no, value. On has an inventory problem. Market value about on, five times out of Foot Locker. On has inventory. They have a lot of. They have an inventory problem. No, I don't want to own On. You don't want to own On. Can I just get out of the sneaker game for a second? Adidas is probably making a comeback. I don't want Under Armour sneakers. I don't want sneakers. I don't want Nike apparel. But there you go. Okay. Okay, I just think that this is a bad group. Ralph Lauren reported an amazing quarter, and all the stock does is go down. You have to have a big short base to go higher, and that's Abercrombie. I Look, Nike down nine is saying a lot. It is a great American company, and Don Ho's a decent manager. It's just that it's not Mark well, Parker, is, and it's not, it's not Buck. And, Carl, there is a larger question in terms of consumer demand. Uh, not and well, not just the middle, but about. even the high end. I know we are. And, you know, some of the credit card data, you start to hear from the hedge funds who track all these things and what it's looking like, and perhaps it is starting to tail uh, off. Bank of America credit card data is still okay. It's still okay, data right? still okay. I know, yeah. but I'm hearing stuff. I don't, well, know. Well, the, I don't know what they're looking at. The lower income is really hurting. Walmart's doing big rollbacks, which is good. That's what Walmart had a good quarter. Look, I think Powell's winning. I mean, Powell's not, you know, look, Powell, all right, if he sees these and he can't just come out at Jackson Hole and just say, you know what, things are so good, I'm thinking about buying the, the property that I, I'm seeing from guys, CEOs who've retired. There's some CEOs who've retired, but what? Mike Corbett. Mike Corbett has reti- yes, there, retired some land. time ago. He, what, what, how, how do we get to this? Because he's bought land out there. Where? In like the Jackson Hole area. Oh. He's doing a little development. I see. Is that what you're going to retire to do? starts tomorrow. Leesman's got Mester, a couple others that tomorrow. and then Mester on Fridays is always bad. This is a Thursday, thank heavens. Kohl's had a decent quarter. Yep. We're going to get to Kohl's. Uh, Interesting call on Dollar General today. Obviously, we'll get to NVIDIA and analog devices this morning. (laughs) Also, Goldman ramping up pressure on employees to come into the office five days a week, like a couple of other guys I know. Take a look at the pre-market here. Fairly steady. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 
Goldman Sachs said to be cracking down on employees who insist on working remotely. Company reportedly embarking on a new effort to enforce its policy of working from the office five days a week. According to Bloomberg, revenue-producing employees have mostly returned full-time, but senior managers increasingly frustrated by the reluctance of staff and other groups, which does constitute a significant chunk of Goldman's workforce. Jim, the memo uh, was essentially a reminder of existing policies. I don't know if you'd call it a crackdown or not. I think that's important. Solomon has said nothing. There was nothing from Solomon. So, I mean, the stories made it sound like it was from Solomon. There are some divisions that are still not completely back to work, but it is not Solomon's pressure. He actually hasn't inserted anything since March of 2021. Uh, there are some divisions I know uh, where people thought that they were doing very well at home, but yes. the company doesn't want them. No, and this is a continued issue at, at many of the companies that have called or want employees back in the office four or five days a week and facing re- continued resistance from a certain right. uh, portion of their employee base that simply doesn't want to want to do it. And so they're being reminded constantly that at some point their compensation or their job could be at issue if they continue not to show up when they're expected to. Right. And I think Um, it's very important to point out that there are reviews. I mean, at Goldman, you have reviews and the reviews are real. I mean, you're called in, Carl, and they look at your numbers. They tell you where you stand and they'll tell you how they feel about what you're doing at the company and whether you're being helpful. And uh, I'm not saying they'll say, hey, listen, you're dead wood, partner. But I am saying that your review will not go well. And if if you didn't have reviews, then it would be like, hey, easy come, easy go. But there are reviews, and the reviews are tough. And and I've been in those reviews. And if you didn't do a good job, the review goes like this. You did not do a good job. And the people who are not coming in, well, they're they're per se not doing a good job. But nothing from Solomon. No update. Made it sound like Solomon's going around doing his thing. No. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's not like going, you've got to be in more often. But no, There's an not. expectation there. Uh, that said, the larger question, which we have entertained at this desk now for over two years, is to what extent has the, has it, the workplace changed forever in terms of people's willingness to be right. there? Hybrid is, is clearly here to stay. Many newer companies don't have an expectation that employees should be in the office for five days. Some of your newest companies, in fact, don't even have offices to begin with. Um, And that is reflected, I think, there's a journal story today about office space in terms of new leases. Yes, companies are re-upping, but they are re-upping for a smaller set of space. Yeah, I thought that was significant. It makes makes sense. It's what we've been talking about as a real possibility. They simply don't need when they have two or three days a week where people are coming in as much space as they did previously. Well, I think that we have to accept the fact that it's, again, once the, if, you, if you're if you in a B building, you want to go to an A building, the B buildings and the C buildings, people are hoping that they will somehow get a price break. Somehow the government will make it so that, uh, that there'll be some sort of stipend because you can't do it. Right now, the buildings are too expensive to convert. And I don't know why people keep thinking, oh, why don't they just make it residential? It costs a fortune to go residential. Well, and then, and in some you know, cases, just not feasible. Not feasible at all. You got to yeah. blow them up. Yeah. I mean, that's what my developers I know say. Listen, you got to blow them up and start over, and that's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, we'll talk more about that it's being reflected in changes in architecture and obviously office furniture. Even we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Uh, futures here pretty steady as everyone's on a waiting game now for Nvidia and Snowflake and Splunk tonight. Back in a moment. Canva presents unexplained appearances. 
It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Time for uh, Jim's Mad Dash. We're counting down to an opening bell that's uh, about seven minutes from now. Analog devices. Well, I want to talk about it because it is disappointing. Uh, industrial was good. Auto was good. Consumer not so good. But, David, you know, Where'd sometimes you I like to make good on promises. Ooh. Here you go. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. There it is. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, make, I'm, I made 100 of them, and I've got another 50 to do. Jim, what does that say? Jim's done better. Jim's done better. Yeah, oh, none yes. better. Not I done better. None better. Some and this is ball. fresh. No, this is none uh, better. You have to have it tonight, okay, because it, sign, I took it out of the freezer. Signed this by is, Jim. This is made on Sunday. Okay. Uh, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I put a little dairy in it. Okay. You don't have any one. Do I? If I'm walking around all day, like I got to put it back in a refrigerator. This is not. This is not Rayos. This is not ragu like my dog ragu. Okay. But so by by the way, his middle name is Nvidia. We'll see his card tonight. Thank you for that. But analog is one of those things that you don't want. Here's what you don't want to see: the consumer not good. Uh, They make a lot of consumer products like Texas Instruments. I've not seen a disappointment like this. It's been it's been really a horse. Uh, but remember, there are semis that aren't hitting it Whoa. out of the park. It, well, I know. All right. The end market here. Is there a concern the about the demand for the end yes, market? Yes. Yeah. That's why I brought okay. it up. Right. The consumer, again, is weakening. This is a chart that Jay, of course, we know him as Jay now only. Uh, it, Jay, Jay can say, hey, listen, I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. He's got a winning hand. And I think he better understand that he has a winning hand before he goes out to Jackson Hole and starts bemoaning things. He Maybe he should show. put up a, a, a chart of analog devices. I think he would do him well. See? And, and remember, free, uh, refrigerator. Into a lot of consumer devices. Re- things are slowing. Refrigerator, you only have two days to eat it. It's got no preservatives in it, okay? Your sauce. Yes. And I put a little cream in it. So uh, I got to bring it home today and eat it. It would be best to eat tonight, friend. Tonight. Yeah, put some zucchini in. Uh, hot skillet, zucchini cut, eight minutes, bingo, okay? Do it in olive oil. Don't right. use butter. Okay. All right? It's This thing is almost uh, is no calories. Is this going to become a new uh, feature? Are you going to add it to your mezcal line? Uh, I don't know. No. I mean, my mezcal line's kind of nationwide. That Sobos got sold for $2.8 billion, man. It was just Rayo's sauce. It's just beginning. It's all just beginning. All right. So is our show, by the Look, way. Look, I am no. sitting on a gold mine like Opening, bell. <laughs> Opening bell's coming up next. We have a lot of irons in the fire. I've got a lot of tools in the toolbox. I mean, I'm, I don't mean to sound like one of those CEOs is completely disconnected from the stock price because it's not lost on me that I walked in the door when it was 39 and it was hanging out about five bucks at the start of this call. But I, I have never been more optimistic, more excited about the future of the business. And there's this enormous disconnect between the stock price and the energy and the building around all of the partnerships and co-development things that, that are, are cooking. That's Peloton's McCarthy talking about the stock, reacting today to the drop in subs, 29K, a higher than expected churn, Jim. They tried to blame some of this on seasonality, but not all of it. Yeah, on the recall, look, Barrett McCarthy, like Mary, like Mary Dillon from Foot Locker, they're seasoned. They know uh, better than to say, hey, listen, you know, we are, are in big trouble. 
Uh, now, I would point out that uh, both he and Mary in, in, inherited just Barry and Mary inherited David really horrendous situations. Yes. And these people are seasoned and they are turnaround. And I do have to worry uh, that these are things that maybe are too difficult. It could be too difficult, even for the best. Right. Well, listen, it's your point. McCarthy inherited a very bloated cost structure. I mean, he's got to wince when he sees what the stock's down since that. Oh, but by the way, just... uh, overall value-wise, it's still down more under Foley because, of course, it went from right. 150 or wherever it was down to that level. But when you have these are people, by the way, who are incredibly competitive. Carl, they are not people who are used to losing. They are people who are used to winning. They are the best we have, and uh, among the best we have. And those who are looking at these stocks right now have to say to themselves, it just looks like it can't come together. They don't have the horses. And uh, I, I, I can't share optimism right now because the consumer may be in a little more trouble than we think. And that was not the case when they took the jobs. Uh, indeed. As we try to uh, get back to 4,400 here at the open, uh, Jim's point about the consumer is reflected today in this uh, call on Dollar General from Edward Jones, Jim. They up to buy. Why? Because half of purchases are in cash, which means less Internet competition. And a lot of the core customer, they argue, can't afford the membership fee that would get you two-day free shipping. I read the piece, uh, and I have to admit that those are exactly what you should buy in real tough times. And, uh, of course, I think a lot of us know that when you go to a Dollar General, a lot of times the size of what you buy is smaller. It's not necessarily a real bargain, but uh, people interpret it as a bargain. Dollar General is a, a very good company, but I'm not going to go crazy for it and say that this is the time to buy it when Walmart is truly rolling back prices. Now, Walmart stock has been horrendous. Walmart's prices at their stores have been spectacular. Very difficult to beat them with that balance sheet. David, Dollar General is a classic place. When I go to my Dollar General, it's it's terrific. It is some interesting, interesting stuff. But when I go to Walmart, everything I buy, I feel like it's a bargain. And when I go to Costco, I know they're losing money on half the stuff I buy. Well, that's a good feeling as a consumer, isn't it? Well, Costco has very little shrink because if you you're stealing from yourself. Now, right? Because you're, because you're a club, club member. member. Hey, what? I mean, it's like going to the Elks and saying, "Listen, I'm not paying for the beer." You know, when you go to your Elks? No, never been to the, my Elks. Oh my God, David! We have a rooftop bar that we built our, our Elks. I really. You, you don't go to your Elks. My Elks? No, I haven't been to my Elks club. I assume you're referring to. Yeah, the Elks. It's a, what, what, what's next? Uh, it's fellowship. Toastmasters, Masonic Lodge. What, what oh, yeah, there you go, go to? I, How about the Masonic Lodge? Wear the Lodge? little hat. I'm the Shiners. I am a proud darn member of the Elks. And the we, Elks? Do we, you guys put on antlers? We've got Lucy. She's a great bartender. We do not know. That's we were started at, at, right after the Civil War to help people who are uh, less, in, who are more in need. Oh, and you, I, I don't know the history. Of the it's Elks. fellowship, and I, I, but it also has very cheap beer. And if you don't pay for the beer, I mean, hey, you got me. That's like not paying for the stuff at Costco. Hey, let me rip myself off. One coda on Peloton. Is there any tie between that and Wagovi? Because today Novo hires Thermo Fisher to be their second contract manufacturer, thanks to the Reuters source. Thermo's way up. Yeah, well, I did. I have to tell you, Thermo's coming back, which they were had a bad COVID hangover. Uh, I, I will say that 
everybody seems to have, like Medtronic had a read-through from Agobi. The biggest read-through so far is from food. People feel that they won't need it. That's a bad read-through because you can actually eat more with it. The the read-through that has been discouraging is Dexcom, which is the one that, you know, it's a high-end. That's a nice number for Thermo. Mark Casper doing a good job. Uh, You don't need... It's a very good drug against... Against diabetes, it's not so much. Thermo's like, been hanging out at that same level though. After well, because they made a lot of machines. We talked about it for so I think so the, long as one of the great performers. Well, Mar, you know, Mark Casper is wow. a really good CEO. And by the way, yes, if you really is. want to dump on people, David, have you looked at Danner? Well, that was, I was going to go right there. Danaher you were also, had but the uh, Danner spinoff is better than Danner. To come back to Carl's point, yeah, um, on the ability to, to well, right now it's still a shot, but. At some point, it will be a pill. To right. take a pill that lets you lose as much as 20 or more percent of your body weight. But also your uh, muscle. It's muscle and fat. Right. And I so, think that all right, so people are still going to be encouraged to exercise, we think. If you're supposed to double your exercise. There is also a thought that it actually lessens your taste for certain types of food. They're doing, they're doing, and they will be doing studies for alcohol. And things they like will be that. doing studies for alcohol. And alcohol. The heavy drinkers. Um, you know, if you have two a night, and by the way, if you don't use the uh, jigger, if you just like pour it, so you're a liar, uh, you have two a night. Well, you know, are we talking two glasses of wine, or are we talking any, two? You have no two, taste for alcohol. I mean, wine tastes like grape juice and, I don't know, bourbon. But there was a double upgrade of Brown Foreman yep, today by yep. Morgan Stanley. I, I thought of you because of the agave stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, I know it had a, it, it had some interesting agave analysis, but it, you know, Jack Daniels tastes like uh, flat Diet Coke. When you're on uh, when you're on one of these drugs, these are important drugs, and they're changing America. They are incredibly important. By the way, let's be sure Lilly has the capacity. Uh, Wigovi, uh, they're borrowing the capacity of Novo. Novo, Novo right? Let's just so. And sometimes I think we shouldn't play. Wigovi is the key drug from Novo. Majorno is the key drug from Lilly. Yeah, and Lilly's Lilly's capacity. They just opened a new factory in North Carolina. David Ricks opened it the day that. Uh, he was on Mad Money, uh, but Eli Lilly, look at that chart, Dave. That's, that's really a, good stuff. That's a chart, man. That's a, is, is, largest, that a, is that NVIDIA or is Eli Lilly? I know. Largest market value of any pharma, $525 billion. Passed everybody without, passed without Lena Khan trying to blast him. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, we're going to get to Lena Khan you are? later. Yeah, we're going to have a conversation about the FTC and a number of things. But can we come back to Toll Brothers, which we mentioned very briefly at the top of the yeah, show? Yeah, what's the matter? I got that. Nothing. Stock's up about 1.4%. Well, David, they've got some really, really good numbers. Okay, so here's million. Here's Here's Jay Powell's problem writ large. I just showed you some good news about Jay, right? You did with the analog of analog Okay, so 25% of homes are bought with cash. Those are people who are not really impacted by the higher mortgage rates. And Toll Brothers also said there's a $2 million, $2 billion, I'm sorry, $2 million housing shortage, and they can't cure it. They did, uh, they did a huge number of houses on spec that were sold. And Doug Yearly is one of the great CEOs well, of our time. you always time. talk about that call as being a very important one. So what did it's, we learn? Well, we haven't learned it. It's not finished. Right. Or, or we're actually here. We can actually, sometimes I find it when we have these conference calls that are going on while we're here, a la Foot Locker. Yes. It's really difficult to, you know, make a judgment. But it I've is. pretty much got a good preview of Foot it Locker. Is. It's not anything, not anything you're going to be, like, writing home about. Although Zillow today, Jim, uh, had a conference call about their housing trends uh, report. First-time buyers now make up 50% of all home buyers. 
That compares to 45 last year, 37 uh, the year before that. They Somebody's no, finding a way to make this work, whether it's right. cash or not. Maybe they're getting some sort of teaser, but I've got to tell you, they're paying very, very high rates. As autos, too, if you buy autos, you're paying very high rates. But those people may have to be in the market. Maybe they can't live with their in-laws anymore. I like my in-laws. I can live with them. <laughs> you have you have house guests for five months at a time, but yes, no, yeah. Yes, we do. Ooh, I don't say I said that. That kind of blows my cover. Um, but we And we have cable out there, which makes it even worse. Uh, but, David, I do think that when you look at the housing market, you're looking at a market where people won't sell their uh, old homes because they lose that incredible mortgage. 3.1 for me, partner. No, and the average is three and a half. What'd you get, three and a half? I think I'm below that, but I'm an right. adjustable, but I got a few more years. But uh, the average is three and a half, which right. is why people so what are not gonna going to yeah. sell their homes. Exactly. And I think that's why, and rents are still high. That's, that's some, but that's starting to go the Fed's way. Uh, again, the Fed is winning on this one, too. Uh, purchase apps today, uh, lowest since April, right. uh, down five. Uh, and it's the lowest composite since 1995, which is yeah. insane. Interesting because uh, we mentioned the tenure back to four and a quarter. Uh, Tom Lee with the note last night saying maybe you start adding to risk here because it looks like uh, rent is set to start helping out. Well, uh, rent- shelter is going to come online. Used cars, this is, this new is, higher pay. Yeah, see, this is all the Fed playing for time and beginning to win. And I think that that's really important. I mean, you know, you're in a situation where I'm talking with people like the, the, the job hop is over. The job hop to raise how much money you make is just done, David. It's done, period. Put a fork in it. And that's something you had been worried about earlier in the year. Oh, my. I mean, like Dutch Bro today, which actually got an upgrade, a very surprising in Piper. I'm not sure I believe in that one. Uh, but Dutch Bros have been, have been paying. They, they were part of the job hop. Like, hey, I'm a Dutch Bro. Now I'm going to go to McDonald's. Uh, very positive piece. But I, th- I have told Dutch Bro directly that they overexpanded, but they didn't want to hear. You know, some people have like this, like, well, Kramer, what does he know? I, mean, I spent my whole life in business, but maybe I'm an idiot. Well, I don't I think mean, so. they spent a lot of time focused on their one thing, and you've got a lot going on. But on so the Annihilator? They may, they may say, you know, Jim, thank well, you. Well, I own restaurants. I own liquor. Well, We're my not going to open liquor. that theme park no, in No, I'm Mexico. just saying that we it's just, not like you know, I was We've done a little research, too. But I didn't fall off a turnip truck. You, you didn't? No. It's funny. I thought you had. No, I lived in my car. That was a brutal period. It was. I learned a lot about retail during then because, you see, I was trying to find places to sleep. But they won't kick you right out of a retailer you're trying to sleep there. You were a young man then, though. I spent most of my time at Denny's. They were open 24 hours, get to Grand Del- Slam. Moon over Miami. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim, that said, uh, UPS workers uh, do approve the deal there, five-year contract. That's uh, almost 350,000 employees. Uh, we've talked about some of the comp that's going to come out of that, and I know you're still worried about a strike, what, at least it's Atlantis. Oh, yeah, I mean, UPS, the, the market, the stock was at 180. The market has spoken. They think that Carol Tomei gave away the store. I think Carol Tomei was up against the gun because uh, FedEx, it's a duopoly, and they could play against each other. Yeah, I know that Ford just uh, put out a very expensive car, a coupe. I'm thinking about going to the Vegas Formula One. I'm not yeah. sure yet. Uh, but Ford is... That's, you know, that's got strike written all over it. And if you look at a chart since March, you will see the peak was when people said, wait a second, this new UAW leader is not like any leader we've seen in a long time. And he actually wants to not cooperate. He's not a cooperator. He's a uh, rabble rouser. Yes. 
Right, from the days, David, when I was at Spartacus Workers League, this is yeah. where we played it. Um, you probably don't even know what the Spartacus Workers League, you probably think Spartacus is something with uh, Kirk Douglas, right? Yeah, Kirk yeah. Douglas. Great book, by the way, Ragman's Son. He talks about it. He talks about the making of that movie. Born in abject poverty. Oh, abject my poverty. God, how yeah. great. Yeah. How great. Anyway, that's okay. neither here nor there. But. No, it isn't. But uh, something else we talk a lot about, in addition to Kirk Douglas, is um, antitrust policy, of course, both the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission. was that? It wasn't one. Uh, and uh, the fact that uh, the aggressive stance of both, of course, has mitigated the willingness of certain companies to pursue deals, to pursue mergers and acquisitions. Okay. And an interesting data point of late, um, and since really the FTC lost that case against Microsoft, we've seen a number of deals that might have been expected to be challenged by either the DOJ or the FTC get through. Um, now, it isn't indicative necessarily of anything in particular. It may be a brief trend, but it's worth noting. One was this week. Uh, VMware got FTC approval yeah. of Broadcom. That was somewhat unexpected. There had been at least some belief that they might try to, uh, to step in there. Ice Black Knight, they did a divestiture, if you recall. That then was able to actually get approval. L3 Harris, Aerojet, done. That was amazing that went through. As the spectrum as well, you see. And then an important one at the end. Now, this is based on a Bloomberg report from, I think it was yesterday. But some viewers may recall that the DOJ and FTC had said, hey, you know, we're going to take a closer look at private equity firms that are buying companies that they then merge into an existing portfolio company. We're going to look at antitrust concerns around that. In fact, I even uh, talked to, uh, to, Carl, uh, to, to Bravo about that. Um, and he had indicated at the time when we spoke with Milken, I think, that he was concerned uh, in terms of what that might mean. But that deal as well, apparently, at least according to reports, going to be allowed to go through. All of this taking place, of course, since the FTC lost against Microsoft. Uh, there's Jonathan Kanner. You looked at uh, Lena Khan there, the two key antitrust enforcers. And you acknowledge that they're the two have different strategies. They different are. And, I, I wanna, and Jim, I do want to talk a, a bit more, more broadly about that. But I do want to point out as well an important case coming up for the FTC, of course, is one we've talked about a lot, which is Amgen uh, trying to complete oh, that, that deal brief? to acquire Horizon um, for yeah. uh, some, what was it, 100 and, uh, 100 and, what is it? Oh, it's a large, it's a very large deal. Um, I didn't write it down. Anyway, I'll get to it in a second. They're trying to complete a deal announced in December of 2022. They're potentially going to court to do that because the FTC is suing them. Uh, September 11th is when that is supposed to begin. Yesterday, Amgen responded in a voluminous, uh, uh, well, actually, it wasn't that voluminous, but it was chock full of really good quotes, uh, response to the, uh, to the uh, attempts of the FTC to get an injunction to stop the transaction. Here's a few things I thought were worth, uh, were worth sharing from that brief. Plaintiff's case hinges on a theory never before adopted by court that potential future rivals to Two Horizon products may potentially be disadvantaged at an unspecified time in the future as a result of Amgen potentially offering payers a form of bundle rebates that has never been used before. And they go on to say, but even if that hypothesized bundling were viable in theory, plaintiff's case ignores an inescapable truth about this transaction. Amgen is not going to bundle any of its products told you. for any reason or at any time with Tepeza or Cristexa. These are right. the two key drugs from 
Verizon. Now, as I've reported previously, there had been some talk around a settlement. What I've heard more recently is no. that while the staff may be willing to talk, the staff is not really able to talk or have real conversations with the commissioners because the commissioners are actually also overseeing this administrative proceeding in which they sort of stand as judge and jury. And so there's a belief in the part of Amgen that what the staff offers you may not be able to actually be followed through on because they aren't talking to the commissioners. Will that change before we get to court? Possibly. Um, but Jim, this is a key case. There was a very strong defense here made by Amgen that goes on and on. I love some of the quotes. Oh, the quotes are No amazing. basis to right. conclude that well, any theoretical rival will enter in the near term if if one ever enters, nor is there any reason to predict that such a rival would be harmed by the transaction. They say bundling's not part of the rationale or planning for the transaction. And by the way, none of Amgen's millions of pages of documents produced suggest it would do so or is considered doing so. Yeah, but well, they're basically saying that there is no doctrine behind her thinking. Um, and the staff doesn't believe in that kind of thing. I, this but is why I, I do want to make a quick point belt. because we have talked a lot about well, Lena Khan well, and we've talked a great deal about, uh, you know, their right. well, being right. aggressive. But they do have a view that antitrust policy over the last 40 or so years has focused almost solely on the on the impact on price for the consumer. Correct. And their belief Correct. is, I think, and obviously you could spend a lot more time on this, but simply put is that the power of platforms such as Meta and Alphabet and Amazon is such that they stifle innovation and they stifle competition in that way, much harder to prove, and it's not clear that any trust law is there with them, but they just have a different view. Right. And it is worth saying because they believe that, and they believe there does need to be a pivot in antitrust Well, I think uh, we gave uh, away the regulation. story for a long time. We gave away the story. The, the, the airline mergers, Carl, were so horrendous, and I'm not going to dismiss that we what, we dropped the ball. I am saying let's not break, let's not create new doctrine without uh, any fact. Meantime, uh, market's getting a little bouncier as uh, more PMI misses uh, in this country now. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Yes, PMI misses. You're right. Green in equities, but uh, definitely lower interest rates. Green on the buying of treasuries. Okay, S&P Global, manufacturing PMIs. These are preliminary August. 47.0 on manufacturing. That's the weakest since June, not that long ago. However, it does represent uh, a 7 out of uh, 8 of the last months, so basically every month but one month has been under 50 in the manufacturing. Now, let's go to the services side, 51.0. And just like manufacturing, less than expected, less than the rear view mirror, that's the lowest level since February. But it is now eight out of, seven out of eight above 50 for services, even though it's lower. And I'm sure that's what the market's paying attention to is rates drop. They're not nearly as low as some of the UK PMIs that we saw. And finally, the composite uh, for the preliminary is 50.4, also less than the 51 and a half we were looking for, less than 52 in the rearview mirror, lowest level also since February. And it does represent seven of eight above 50 as well. So it's completely the opposite on servicing deposits. They've been mostly above 50. Manufacturing's mostly been below 50. And interest rates have been moving down. We definitely want to pay attention to the closing level against four and a quarter and 10. Squawk on the street will return after a short break. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Oh, one of the worst hit groups is this consumer pro- product group, which has usually been a terrific place to be if you think the economy's slowing down. General Mills has just been awful. And I read a note this morning. Uh, on Nielsen numbers that just say that it's just 
cereals getting crushed, you know, it's fungible, but pet food, for the first time, there's been elasticity. So no longer is it just blue buff. People are, are saying, you know what? Love the dogs. They can try to eat another kind of food. They don't have to eat the good food. Well, we're going to get the wolf tomorrow, I think, right? Yeah, I just think that there's a big switch in how you take care of your dog. Trading down. Dog never complains. They don't know. Sorry, uh, Ragu. Uh, it's not... Um... Ragu's going to get used to uh, milk bone. <laughs> really? You, know? you don't give him your delicious sauce? He's got to be eating that just food or, you know, they, or that stuff that my stepson ate the, by mistake. The uh, looks like salami, you know, going in the refrigerator. Pet, you know, all right. uh, Jim, what do you got tonight? All right, we're going to take the uh, other side. We're taking a look at Schwab and, um, and Pet Fresh. No, David, they're not liking that. And a bunch of people hate Schwab. The long knives are out, but we're not going to do that. We're going to go the other side. I see. Deutsche today uh, came out a little. That defense. was very. Yep. Yeah, that was a very good piece. Now, remember, I made a mistake in Foot Locker. I'm going to talk about it at uh, 10:20 in my morning show. You own your mistakes, and that's how you get better. But it doesn't make you feel better. Jim, we'll see you at six. Yeah. Uh, important day uh, with Nvidia tonight. Matt oh Money, my! 6 and don't, PM. don't forget Arm. You cannot have, you need that CPU of ARM in order to make Grace Hopper, which is the 2024 chip. Uh, we'll see you tonight, Mad Money, 6 p.m. When we come back, Wells Fargo's Mike Mayo with his take on the banks ahead of Jackson Hole this week. Opening highs here as the 10-year down 10 basis points to 4.22. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.